Welcome to the Baking with House of Bread podcast, and I am your host, Sheila McCann. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the holiday loaves, shapes. These are sort of festive creations, and it's based upon grandma's white dough, which is super easy to make. And we're going to talk about making Santas. It's actually the head of a Santa. And then cinnarice, and the cinnarice is basically, it's a wreath made up of cinnamon rolls. Christmas trees, and we have both savory and sweet versions. And these items make unique and delicious holiday gifts. They're easy to make, inexpensive too. If you are going to gift them, then you want to spend a little extra money and get the packaging that will maintain the shapes. And it also, too, it's going to avoid the frosting from sticking to the bag. And I'm going to include a link to the website that we use, which is called webrestaurant.com and that's where we get the containers and I've also seen them at at smart and final you can buy individually and I did look at Amazon and the ones in there were the cake containers and for five of them they wanted like $15 which is way too expensive I would encourage you to do a little shopping first so for all three items we use the base of grandma's white bread dough and I covered that recipe and process in detail in episode five so I'm going to real quickly just go through the recipe, and I also will include the recipe in the show notes. And the dough is going to yield about three pounds, which is going to allow you to make either all three of the items or two out of the three. In the bakery, we make our cinnarees at three and a half pounds, and it will yield about 12 cinnamon rolls. And you can actually even make – those are pretty big size. So you could actually use this recipe and get three pounds and still make 12 cinnamon rolls. And the trees, we make those that are out of a a pound of grandma's white dough. And then the Santas, we use two pounds of dough. Like I said, you can make any size you want. You can make a one-pound Santa. You just want to proportion out the head and the hat the same proportion to the the rest of the two-pound sizes. I'm going to describe in detail how to make each item. Then also, too, is that I had filled myself making each item and put it up on our YouTube page, and so you can watch those videos for free and, and help you figure out how to make it. So Grandma's White Bread is a straight dough, and that means that basically you put all the ingredients in at once. So one and a half cups of warm water, approximately 100 degrees, tap water is fine. Just run your tap until it feels like the temperature of warm bath water. Two packages, or one and three-fourths tablespoon of active dry yeast. Four cups of unbleached bread flour. My grandma's white recipe calls for bread flour because it assumes you're going to make a loaf. And so when you make that high loaves, like for sandwiches, you've got to use a higher protein content because it's going to allow for the dough to have more strength. So when it's uh, when you have a strong dough, it usually has higher gluten content, and then it'll give it more structure. But in this case, we're not trying to make loaves. So the Santas and the Cinnarese, And the Christmas trees, they're all pretty flat. So all-purpose flour works just fine or cake flour, um, whatever you got on hand. Then a quarter cup of honey and one tablespoon of salt. So you put it all together. You knead for hand about five to eight minutes. If you want to use the mixer, use your mixer. And then you cover and let it sit for about an hour to two. Since proofing has a lot to do with temperature that affects the time, I'm not going to give you a set time. So, like, for example, if your house is kind of cold, it could take you two hours for the dough to double in size. If you live in a hot, humid place in the South of America, say, and it's 90 degrees, I know that sounds kind of miserable, but anyway, it's going to proof in an hour or less. And so just keep in mind it should double in size. 
and it also should be pliable enough to allow you to shape the holiday creations. For the cinnamon wreaths, you want to roll out the dough the same way you do when you make cinnamon rolls. And then you just basically add your butter, melted butter, all the way throughout the whole dough. And then you use a brown sugar and cinnamon mixture, which is, and this mixture is covered more so in my cinnamon roll episode. But basically all it is, is if you think 16 to 1, so there's 16 tablespoons in a cup. So take your cup of brown sugar and add one tablespoon of cinnamon and mix that together. And that's exactly what you use at the bakery, except we put, we use a gallon of brown sugar to a cup of cinnamon mixture. Then you, you put that a thin layer all the way on top of the melted butter. So the melted butter goes first, the cinnamon roll mixture, and then if you wanted to add like nuts or raisins or chocolate chips or craisins or whatever, whatever you're in the mood for, that's when you add it. So it goes butter, the brown sugar and cinnamon roll mixture, and then your add-ins. So then you roll it up and you roll it up and it looks like one big ring, you just like a donut. So you take the ends and you put them together. You wanna first pinch the seams together with your like your fingers, just kind of tight. And then you overlap the ends, okay? So it's not, they're not meeting, they're actually overlapping about an inch. And then just take your hand and really squeeze it together. And that way your ring will be one consistent size all the way throughout. And so think overlap an inch and then pinch. And then at this time, you basically take that big donut shape and you want to put it on a sprayed cookie sheet or sheet pan, whatever you got. It'll be easier to transfer whole rather than pieces. Okay, so now you begin the cutting process. You can use a knife or you can use a sharp scissors. And you cut into about three-fourths from the outside to the inside of the roll. You want to make sure you don't cut completely. So you leave um, some dough uncut because that's going to be your wreath portion. It's going to allow it to all stick together. And you also want to space out at least about an inch away before you cut again. And you can, let's say you wanted to use a whole recipe and make, make all this a big scenery. Um, like I said, you can get 12 there, but let's say you're having guests come and, you know, there's 16 people. Just cut a little bit thinner and you can get 16 pieces out of it. So you continue the process all around the ring and consistently size. you got to decide in advance before you start spacing out your rolls. So if you want them one inch, think great because they'll take the same amount to bake. But if you do one inch and then you decide to do three inches, it's not going to bake the same. So you got to decide that in advance, how many you want to get out of there or basically how thick you want it to be cut. Then what you do is you take each piece that's cut and you basically twist it a bit. And so now you can see the full ring. And so that's what looks like the cinnamon roll. And it really kind of showcases better. It really is very festive and pretty looking. That's when we would now put it into the oven. And there's other variations you could do with cinnaries. I mean, we've also had special requests. So we did a big basil parmesan uh, wreath. And obviously that would be something that would be good for dinner as opposed to breakfast. And you can also use like garlic cheddar or, you know, jalapenos, whatever you wanted to do to make it savory. Our version of the basil parmesan, basically what we do is we take dried uh, basil. You can also use fresh, chop it up with garlic, very finely chopped garlic, or you can use powdered garlic in about equal portions of basil. Then we add some melted butter or you can use olive oil. You just got to get that mixture so it's spreadable consistency. 
So what you do is just like the cinnamon roll or the cinnery cinnamon roll, you would roll out your dough and then you spread the mixture evenly on top and then you would add your cheese. If you don't like Parmesan cheese, you can substitute another cheese. You really kind of want to use a thin layer of cheese because what happens is if you load it up, because I, I really don't like being cheap with customers. Our cheese breads, we're kind of known for putting a lot of cheese in there and like our blueberry muffins, we put a lot of blueberries because I hate it when you buy something like Oh, I don't know, garlic cheddar, and you can't even find the cheddar cheese. I have erred on the side of putting too much cheese in it, and what happens is it basically just melts outside of your baked good, and it just goes on the pan. I mean, no one benefits, so I don't like to be wasteful. A thin layer of cheese is plenty. And then you would just cut it up the same as you would the cinnery and uh, put it on your cookie sheet. We bake everything at 350 degrees, all these items. And uh, the cinnarith, it depends on how big it is, how long it's going to take to bake. And keep in mind, all ovens are different. But I would start with about 30 minutes. When you check to see if it's done, it's really going to be on the inside of your ring. Okay, that's where it could be underbaked. So you check there. Just basically, you can just feel it. And if it's doughy, then keep baking, right? Um, you can also use a thermometer, bread thermometer, or you can use a meat thermometer. It has to reach at least 180 degrees, and that's when dough turns into bread. So the frosting is optional for these cinnarees. I will tell you that the majority of our customers like them frosted. And I also think it kind of adds like a, oh, I don't know, a snowiness, right? So the white frosting kind of makes it look more festive. And it's just basically a mixture of powdered sugar and water. I mean, you can use vanilla if you want to add vanilla to it, or you can actually even melt some cream cheese and add it into the powdered sugar and water. But for the bakery, what we use is just powdered sugar and water, and it's about the consistency of pancake batter. So what you want to do is we want to start with like a cup of powdered sugar and just add a tablespoon at a time of water. You're probably going to have to add about three tablespoons, but really start with one, mix it, and then another one, and then another one. If you end up making extra frosting, it stores really easily in the refrigerator, and you can also freeze it too. So the Santas, the Santas really are good gifts for kids or like a table decoration. And then you can, I mean, it's obviously very edible. I mean, we, we make grandma's white dinner rolls, our number, sell, number one selling dinner rolls. So this is the same base, right? So you can take chunks of it and tow it off to be served to your guests at a setting. But I have heard from customers that um, their kids, I remember specifically this woman telling me that her kid wouldn't let her cut up the Santa. So she planned on serving it kind of like it's the dinner rolls, I was saying, and her, her child was like, no. <laughs> so anyway, you might want to have a discussion with your child about the Santa, what's going to happen to Santa at the dinner table. She did save the Santa for her child. And Santa is going to dry out after a couple days. So the old boy there, he's going to dry out eventually. So you really want to use your Santa within a couple days of pulling out of the oven. So for Santa's, you start by dividing your dough into five pieces, and there's two major pieces. About a third of the dough is your hat. So you portion the dough out. You shape it, you shape it like an elongated triangle, you know, kind of with rounded edges. I mean, think of a Santa's hat, for lack of anything else. Yeah, that's exactly what you're making. You take about another third of the dough, and that's what you shape as the beard. And that's kind of a U-shaped dose and then we're going to cut the beard up and make it look more like a, a real beard and then you take the remaining third and you divide those pieces up so we've got a small dough ball it's really about the size of making maybe a nickel and you round it and that's going to be your nose 
And then you have a little larger round ball, and that's going to be for the tip of his hat or the pom-pom, so to speak, on Santa's hat. Take about a five-inch long and one-inch wide strip. So think like mini baguette type thing. And that's going to be the white brim on the hat. And so it really looks great because you've got the white pom-pom ball. Then we're going to get the red hat and then the white brim. So it really does speak Santa hat. <laughs> okay, so for the beard portion, you, you basically want to flatten that out to about a thick, oh, I don't know, probably an inch thick. Um, and you can use a rolling pin, but we don't at the bakery. I mean, your hands are work just fine. And so it's kind of a U-shaped. And then you take your scissors or knife and you cut the beard into strips. And it really shouldn't be any bigger than an inch wide. And you cut it almost to the top of the beard. But you still want to leave one consistent um, piece. So the strips are pretty thin. And so you want to carefully pick up the cut beard pieces with both hands and position the beard on the bottom of Santa's face. So you, you twist the cut strips in the beard. And that's going to look more like hair. And then we're going to put frosting on top of it too. So just don't worry too much about it. And then you want to take a piece and then put that as your, your mustache. And so Santa has his beard, and you have a little round top, of, and that's his mustache. We don't really give Santa too much of a mouth. <laughs> so I guess it's kind of like Santa's just kind of more hair than anything. Hair and hat, we think that. Then you add the top hat triangle on top of that, and then you put the strip of the dough, the brim, right, that baguette thing, and that's going to be across the bottom of the hat portion. And then we use raisins for eyes, or you can use chocolate chips, M&Ms, whatever you'd like. Just keep in mind when you're adding these things in for creatures. Because we also make spiders, and we make honey bunnies for Easter, and then we did turkeys for Thanksgiving. Anyway, so you just want to make sure you push in deep enough for the eyes. So push them in an extra half an inch more than you want them to turn out, because the dough will spring in the oven. For before baking... We paint the nose and the hat red using a food coloring. And if you don't want to paint the Santa's nose red, you don't have to. Um, we did have some creations. It looked like it looked like we had a drunk Santa. <laughs> so I actually went to not painting the nose red. But anyway, it's up to you. So if you want to paint the nose red, you can. And then we paint the hat. And we use we go directly from the red food dye container and we just paint it on with a brush so you don't want to add water to it because it gets too runny and then it starts running over and so we want to keep the red contained red food coloring is super easy to find in the grocery stores but i'm not convinced it's natural and at house of bread our tagline is where, where good taste comes naturally thus i have a hard time deviating from the natural component but it's such a small amount, I doubt anybody's going to die from it. So if it's easy for you, just get the Ruger or food dye that's found in your grocery stores. And if you want to go to the extra mile, and you can make your own easy enough with beets. Well, maybe it's not that easy. As you, Okay, how it works is basically you got to peel the beet. So you get fresh beet. Peel it. And then you got to grate the beet with a cheese shredder. And then you got to spread it out and let it dry out for two to three days. And then when it's dry, then you got to grind it into a powder. I mean, you can grind it into powder with either like a coffee grinder or if you've got a Vitamix, that's going to work great too. And so the good news is powdered beets will last about a year in the refrigerator. I did find a YouTube video of a woman that's demonstrating how to make the powdered beets. And it's short. It's well done. She's got a really nice accent. 
and I'll put a, show, a link in the show notes to that video. But honestly, that is just too much work for a commercial bakery to do. I really have to think about return on investment, and there would be little return on the labor cost to make our own bread dye out of beets. Plus, there really are a ton of natural dyes in the market that are not that expensive. I mean, you're not going to find them as easily in the grocery store, but you can find them online pretty easily. And I'm going to include some links in the show notes. Um, there's one called Itsy Website, and, and they even have a color called Christmas Red. For home use, you can buy one that's less than $2. And then that's going to color probably at least 10 Santas. And we use so much red food dye, so we buy like a gallon of this stuff because, well, we do... For Valentine's Day, we do uh, pink-shaped loaves, the heart-shaped, and then also, too, for Breast Cancer Awareness Month through October, we'll do pink ribbons, um, and then we also do red velvet bread. Red velvet bread is red because it's actually food dye. It's kind of more of a chocolate cake with cream cheese. It's really awesome quick bread, and I'm going to do an episode on it in the future. So when you've got your Santa's red in place, you want to put it in the oven as quickly as possible. Unlike bread and cinnamon rolls, where you should proof them a second time after shaping, you want to put these in right away because otherwise what happens is, is they get deformed in the proofing process. You know, then the eyes start popping out and the hat gets lopsided and whatever else. So you got to deal with the oven spring anyway, but you can avoid the further deformation process. Well, I don't know how, how you want to say it, but basically you can avoid it being getting more deformed through the proofing process by putting it right after the red dye goes on, goes right in the oven. So turn your oven on in advance. So you want to bake your Santas until they're just like slightly tanned or better yet use a thermometer, poke it in the middle, it comes up 180 degrees a little more, then it's done. I would probably, if you're going to use two pounds of Santa, like two thirds of the batch here, I'd probably start with about 30 minutes, and then you can add in five-minute increments. As always with baking, you can bake more, but you can't bake less. So after the Santa comes out of the oven, you can just let it cool in the pan. It's not that big, so you don't have to worry about a soggy bottom like you do with Grandma's White Loaves. And so now you can finish decorating the beard and the hat brim, and you want to use a, a pretty thick powdered sugar frosting much more thicker than you would for like the cinnamon rolls because it's really going to stay in place better. The white part, the frosting part, it goes on the ball at the end of the hat, the rim on the hat, that baguette shape, and on the beard. Once again, powdered sugar and water is going to be your frosting. It's just going to be a lot um, thicker than the for the cinnamon rolls. If you already have the frosting for your cinnamon rolls, just add some more powdered sugar to it. And we put it on, we just use a butter knife. Um, so it's, you don't need to have a big, like, piping bag and do big decorations. And so we make these Santas. I mean, we can, we got it pretty good at them. Um, and we end up making, usually on Christmas Eve, we get, we get about, oh, I don't know, about 25 special orders somewhere in there for these. Uh, the Cinerese, we get a heck of a lot more than that. We get uh, about three times that much, the Cinerese. And then the trees are pretty popular, too. But anyway, for your Santas, we're basically, we're pumping them out. It, it takes about... Mm, five minutes maybe per Santa and at home you don't have to worry about the speed thing so you can take your time and get the beard perfect one thing I had to tell my staff one time like okay let's don't because if you watch this stuff how to do it on commercial you know at home they they just take forever making those beard pieces and and it really doesn't matter a whole lot because they're gonna put white stuff on top of it so don't 
get too caught up in, you know, do I cut it thin enough or whatever else? Because frosting cures a lot of evils in the bakery. <laughs> okay, so now we're going to go on to Christmas trees. And these trees can go sweet or savory. And the sweet version is the same mixture that we actually use for cinnamon rolls. And then we frost the trees with some white frosting, lightly frosted. And then we sprinkle on top these red and green like sugar crystals. You can use and use flakes. If you happen to be making it this time of the year, which happens to be November 30th, you're going to find this stuff in the grocery stores everywhere because all the holiday baking is about red and green. And you can also add M&Ms. Um, just make sure that those go in before the trees get baked and you um, have to push them in pretty big because of the oven spring, right? Okay, so for your savory versions, what we do is we use a pesto. We make our own pesto at the bakery, but you can actually buy pesto if you prefer. But it's super easy to make, too. And then we place sun-dried tomatoes on the tree strategically so it looks like Christmas tree ornaments. And so to start, you roll out your dough in a rectangle. And then you would add your pesto mixture if you're going to do savory. Or if you're doing sweet, you do the same thing as you would for cinnamon rolls. You layer butter and then your brown sugar and cinnamon mixture. And now you take each outside top corner of your rectangle and you fold down to the middle. So you fold into the middle, leaving one inch at the bottom. So what you're looking at is you see an inch of you like your brown sugar and cinnamon mixture at the bottom, and then you're looking at really the dough that was at once the bottom. Then you take your piece that looks like, a, it kind of has a start and a shape like a tree, and you're going to be looking at it going, well, it really doesn't look like a tree. What, what's up? <laughs> but bear with me. Now you fold it into each other so each side meets in the middle. And the middle has to be secured, so it's going to stay together. And you really want to secure Use your palm in your hand, not your fingers. Your fingers really don't have much strength or moisture. So using your palm works much better. And then you take your tree and you flip it over, seam side down, on a sheet pan. And now is where you start the process. of, And you start at the top, and you basically cut diagonally to make a tree like branches. And you want to cut in about an inch or two. Careful not to go all the way to the middle. You don't want to completely cut all the way through. So just cut about an inch or two into the dough for your branches because you got to leave that tree stem there. And then you turn the, the branches up a little bit and it'll show all that delicious goodness inside. And so for the bottom one inch that was there, basically we cut this and we end up twisting it and that's going to form your tree trunk. I know this kind of sounds complicated, but it really is super easy to make. And they make, it really looks awesome and it just tastes really good. I mean, we charge $15 for these. That's only one pound of dough. I mean, so that's really good markup for this business. I, you know, it depends on what you're going to put on it, but basically your cost of goods in these items is going to be as little as $2, probably as much as $4. I mean, we've got it down to about five minutes to shape the trees. And at home, obviously that doesn't matter. You can take time and you can add as many creative decorations as you'd like. On these tr trees, and on the Cineries, and on the Santas, um, like I said, I can tell you how to make them, but honestly, it's a lot easier if you, if you uh, perhaps listen to this podcast and then go to our YouTube page and where we demonstrate how to make all these creative items. And I can guarantee your friends and family will love them. If you'd like to connect further with me, there are links in our show notes or to learn more about House of Bread. And I really thank you for taking time out of your busy day and listening. 
And as always, I welcome any and all feedback. My email address is Sheba at HouseToBread.com. All right. Happy baking, everyone. Thank <laughs> you.